0: Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You know, fidelity is so much a part of marriage that it is clearly specified in most marriage vows, especially the traditional ones that include the part about forsaking all others, and while I've had the honor of working with couples to rebuild their marriages after infidelity, it is not a process for the faint of heart. They can create stronger marriages, but I never recommend that as a path to happily ever after. Now, most couples never expect cheating to occur in their relationships, so is there a way to predict whether it will happen in yours? To answer that question, I'm joined by Doctor Wendy Patrick, a career trial attorney and the author of Red Flags, Frenemies, Underminers and Ruthless People. Now guys, that's a title for a book. So (laughs) Doctor Patrick Wendy, thank you for coming on the show and talking about what is you know, for many married couples or anybody in a relationship, any forget whether they're married or not, the, the the fear of cheating, the fear of, uh, of infidelity is really can be
1: overwhelming. So I think it's a really important topic to talk about. Leslie, it really is an important topic, and I hate to say it 's one of those evergreen topics that we could be mm. talking fifty years ago <laughs> or fifty years in the future, and would'd be doing the same segment in the same way. The only thing that might have changed is technology would have evolved even more, and so there may be even oh. more ways to get away with private conversations fifty years from now than there are today but however, yeah, kind of it
0: of is topic isn
1: 't that yeah, we live in an age of Facebook and, and Instagram and Snapchat and all these different ways of getting. Getting in touch with people that maybe we never would have used 50 years ago or I would even say five years ago we can't keep up with technology but that doesn't impact the question you're asking which is a very important one how do you know what kind Mm -hmm. of person is likely to cheat because if somebody is likely to be unfaithful or is prone to straying it wouldn't matter if we were living 300 years ago a thousand years ago they would still find a way to do it so really the the tough spot for us um, part of what I discuss in the book and really part of what we discuss on shows like this is how can you tell when you meet somebody, when you get to know them, when you start dating them, whether or not they're going to be faithful.
0: So you did kind of take take this on um, in your article at psychologytoday.com called Top Reasons spouses stay faithful. And so there's an implication that there are ways for a person to know if their partner is going to cheat. Is that true? And if so, what are they?
1: Yeah, I've written a number of articles on on this topic, and I'll I'll give you a couple of areas, and and many of um, our listeners will probably relate to this just as a matter of common sense, but you probably don't even need research for some of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that is very important between a couple in the getting to know you phase is, you know, you can kind of tell whether or not somebody is, we'll say, you know, you you hate to use the word devoted, because what does that really mean? At at the beginning, everybody's devoted, aren't they? But there are just Mm -hmm. some people that are more interested in security and maturity, I often talk about it that way. In other words, they're not looking for a good time. They're looking to settle down and they're interested in a family, a stable job, buying a house mm-hmm. together. Uh, marriage I mean they're not they're interested in the types of things that indicate stability that's one of the things now I'll contrast that with thrill-seeking now don't uh-huh. get me wrong I know plenty of couples that would climb Mount Everest together I you know they, they would although it's probably not a good example to use nowadays it's so dangerous let's just say they, uh-huh. they go dune buggy racing together they have all the same um, thrill-seeking tendencies great that's not what I'm talking about Sometimes the right. kind of thrill-seeking that's dangerous, uh, that's illegal, those kinds of things where people live on the edge, they are much less of a safe bet than people that are genuinely looking for a wholesome, healthy, open, long-term relationship. And people that don't think you can gauge that early on, oftentimes you can. Oh, absolutely. But but this kind of flies in the
0: face because as you're describing, you know, the the security and maturity, the stability. You know, there's a part of me now. Mind you, I have to tell you that I just celebrated my 33rd wedding anniversary, and I've been with my, my husband for 34 years. So, congratulations!
1: I'm That's wonderful.
0: I'm, I'm into security, maturity, and stability. But when you described it, it sounds really boring, <laughs> which is what <laughs> people is. What I tell people is good marriages from the outside are incredibly boring. They're not necessarily boring on the inside, but from the outside people are going, you know, and what you described is the thrill thing. You know, that had all the tendencies of the bad boy. You know, the idea that, you know, that people are attracted to like the bad boy or the bad girl, because it's not just, you know, it's not just males. So, you know, why is it that people don't, that people, one, are attracted to that, and two, don't understand that for a long term that's not a really very good um, characteristic
1: a lot of comments and questions in there, Leslie. Let me just tell you, you started off by saying how long you've been married. I think I should be asking the questions and you should be answering them. <laughs> so I'm glad you're sharing your wisdom and weighing in. Let me ask you the last question first, because I have to actually have an entire chapter in my book on this. It's talking about the allure of the forbidden. Uh, why, mm-hmm. do you ch- why do you chase the bad boys? Why do you want things that you know aren't good for you? What is the excitement and the allure of living on the edge in terms of why is it exciting to be coupled with somebody or to go out with somebody that you know isn't good for you. Boy, if, uh-huh. if we had the the cure for that <laughs> type of human tendency, we would be sparing our young people, not necessarily even young people, a lot of heartbreak and, gr- heartbreak and grief down the line. I'll just tell you that. and I, I, I'm sure that many of the people that enter into these forbidden, these taboo relationships, these whether somebody's hard to get or whether it's the proverbial bad boy, people don't enter into that thinking that it's going to be long term. Although the ones that do are often the ones that unfortunately believe they will be the ones to cure these people of their wayward streak. Isn't that the truth? Oh right. well I'm oh, going to be the yes. one he's right. gonna to want to settle gonna down, gonna,
0: down with. They're gonna they're gonna love me enough to change yes. And and part of that is the yeah, and how many what, what's their
1: history like? How many how many people right. have already you know, I'm, the the make, yeah. exactly, I'm the one that's going to make that's exactly I'm the one that's gonna make a tiger change of stripes. I want to pick up on something you said right at the beginning that I found fascinating and true. You said that sometimes relationships look boring from the outside but they are full and fulfilling from the inside. Amen, Leslie, in a word. Here here is what I have to say about that. Couples that appear to have boring lives often have very vibrant healthy, wholesome lives that are more fulfilling than the wildest and craziest on and off again relationships, regardless of what it might look like on the outside. Couples that are boring are comfortable with each other. They look forward to going home. They're not boring. Like you said, they're vibrant. Right. They're, they, they have great fun together. They enjoy each other's company. Imagine a partnership where you don't necessarily even have to go out and do anything together, you can relax at home and watch your favorite programs and be perfectly content. Does life get any better than that? <laughs> there's no roller, there's no emotional roller coaster. There's no oh, I didn't get a call from him or her today. Maybe their phone ran out of battery. There is none of the drama that often accompanies these these crazy relationships that that look like they're exciting and they they do exciting things together. They're out on the town. There is. Nothing wrong with a couple that you see sitting in a restaurant together actually enjoying a conversation with each other. There's no devices beeping and buzzing out on the table between them. It's just the two of them honestly enjoying each other's company. It doesn't get any better than that.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, And, and the, the idea, you know, I mean, and, and one of the things that drives me crazy is that in the media, you know, we always stop with you know and they lived happily ever after because it's like the boy you know boy meets girl boy loses girl boy gets girl they ride off into the sunset but then they never say what happens after that and you because all the drama of of everybody getting together and then the next time we see the drama is when they're in the process of breaking up and you never actually see what a healthy relationship can can look like so we, we kind of have this idea that this is you know that drama and is the the way relationships are exciting and they're meant to be and that somehow if we're comfortable with each other and we can have these conversations and we enjoy each other's company, something's missing. And it's like I'm going, no, that's what it's supposed to be. That's right. Um,
1: Companionship and compatibility. There shouldn't be a boy loses girl aspect. Many successful marriages are between couples that, that haven't broken up. Not that there's anything wrong with there's lots of couples that have broken up and gotten back together. That doesn't necessarily signal the end, the end of a relationship but you have to look at the reasons why. Did one of the couples exactly. say or did one of the partners basically say well I'm just not sure. I want to play the field a little more. Was it a misunderstanding? Was it insecurity? There are so many things couples can work through. You know there's no stigma, or at least I should say there shouldn't be, sadly there is, but there shouldn't be stigma if if couples need to go to therapy and they need to explore a little bit behind exactly why they did what they did and, and why maybe they weren't sure to begin with. But there is nothing wrong with companionship and compatibility. In fact, those ingredients are more important than physical attraction, than sexual excitement, than the things that marriages have at the beginning and maybe they don't have 40 years from now, because if it's grounded on this companionship and compatibility and trust and all the rest of the things that you and your husband obviously have, Leslie, then it's going to have a happy ending. You're going to ride into the sunset as you did 33 years ago, and you're going to remain in a place where you can talk about it now here 33 years later. Interestingly, you said 34 years you've been together, so you dated long enough to know that each other was the one. I love that.
0: Well, and to be to be honest, I actually knew almost immediately. So, <laughs> really. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get married for a year, but yeah, we we got engaged relatively quickly because but but that was one of those things where and and I want to ask this because you know, and by, this was we got together back in the days before there were cell phones and you know, we we spent I don't know how many hundreds of dollars on long distance phone calls because we didn't live in the same place when we first met. And we wrote letters to each other every day. So we got to know each other pretty well. Um, And that was one of the things that I knew that um, I had gotten to a point in my life where I was interested in finding somebody who wanted to settle down. And I wasn't really interested. And so when you were talking about that a little bit earlier – and we're talking about some factors about people remaining faithful. What are some of those factors? What are some of the things that people can look at? Because like I was actually I specifically was looking for somebody. I was I was I was done with the dating scene. I was I was ready to settle down and I mean of course I was 26 years old um 25 or 26 when I met my husband. So um I just told people how old I am. Ah! Uh, so, <laughs> Nobody do the math. Nobody do the math. <laughs> are there are so what are the factors that
1: influence people to, to remain faithful? Well, I'll give you four, and they spell FLAG. This is, um, this is from my book, my latest book that you read the cover of, um, F- uh, Focused Lifestyle Associations and Goals. So the F stands for FOCUS. If I were teaching this class or giving this speech to a group of under, um, uh, teenage girls or young women, I would say, when you go on a date with a guy, just you to pay attention to your body, your brain, or the ball game on the TV set behind you in the sports <laughs> bar, in which case you may not even be on a date. Maybe, that's, maybe <laughs> you guys are just buddies. But FOCUS right. is enormous. It's it's an enormous tell of what somebody's true intentions are. And there are many ways. And this is the other person's focus, not yours. And this is over mm-hmm. time. You can always, you can always, you know, play a good guy on the first date. But focus over time is very telling in terms of what somebody pays attention to. What do they remember about you? Now, don't get me wrong. I've been a prosecutor for enough years to know that stalkers and manipulators, they can, you know, play a game and sound like somebody they're not, but you can't, it's not sustainable over time. The L stands for lifestyle. You do not know somebody if you only know them in a certain context. You have to know what they do when you're not with them, Uh, what they do when they're off of work, off the clock, who do they, you know, what kind of people do they associate with, which is the A, which I'm going to get to in a second. But lifestyle Mm -hmm. is a great way to have an insider's view of what somebody is like. um, You know, they talk in psychology about uh, identity claims and behavioral residue, so identity claims in my office. If you were to come and see my office, I got my diplomas on the wall. I might have, Uh um, you know, maybe paperweights of the latest rotary talk I gave. Um, Those are identity claims. I'm showing myself to the world through through items like that. Behavioral residue is what you might see if I were to give you an unplanned lift home because I haven't cleaned out my car. (laughs) You are better able to learn about somebody's true colors. If you're able to view that portion of their life that is not on public display, not that you need to spy, but there are lots of opportunities when you're dating to have a chance to see what somebody maybe is like, what kind of items do they have lying around their house, photos, magazines, mm-hmm. I and mean, it goes on and on. But that's the lifestyle. Now, the A stands for associations. Um, when I was growing up, this phrase used to be, show me your daughter's friends and I'll show you her future. <laughs> I'm sure that parents exactly. still say the same thing yeah, today. You, yeah, but you know, but- Mm -hmm. But the company you keep, actual Birds of a Feather, you can't get away from that logic. There is no way to get around the fact that you do not hang out with people that are not in some sense like you, that you do not find something in common with. I don't mean the people you're forced to associate with, like in the Uh workplace, but the group that you choose to associate with when you have that time off. And then the G of goals. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you knew what somebody prayed for at night or wished for as they tossed a coin into a wishing well? if people still do things like that? The goals Mm -hmm. that somebody has tells you so much about what type of life they want to lead. So between focused lifestyle associations and goals, if you run everybody you meet through these tests, it doesn't take very long. Just think about it. Learn enough about them to be able to do it. In fact, online dating is a great way to learn enough information because you actually have access on the profiles they've created to a lot of information that gives you an idea as to whether this is somebody who, first of all, wants to be faithful, and second of all, is going to be able to.
0: Well, that's assuming that they're actually telling the truth on their dating profiles, which I think is one of the, one of the challenges for many people. But Oh, you bet people,
1: it is, which is why we need to meet in person. Can't, you can't right. play this off forever online. You're right.
0: Right. And, and I, when something you said was so critically important that I want to reiterate it as people can be on their best behavior for a little period of time but they can't stay that way. Who they truly are will come out and I love you talking about the focus. Are they interested in you or are they only interested in talking about themselves or are they only interested in your physicalness? Do they, you know, all of those things are, are so incredibly important and unfortunately, um, one of the things that gets people off track is, is is their hormones. I'm I'm physically attracted to somebody, so I don't necessarily pay attention to all the things that they're telling me. <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's one of the things about when we fall in love. You know, I mean, if you've ever had a friend who you you're, you're gushing on and on and on about this person, and they're looking at you like, who are you talking about? Because they don't see that person in the same way.
1: Exactly not- right.
0: That's that in love thing. And and I know we've all had friends who were going, okay, that person's not good for you. And we try to figure out, do we tell them? Do we stay quiet? What do we do? You know, when they tell us, oh, when they say, well, don't you think that so-and-so is just fabulous? And we're like going, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> and trying <and laughs> kind to of get through that, um, I want to call it a facade because it's that's not really what it is. Um, it, but it is definitely biological, and you know, and it's only meant to last a little while. And so, but but it does kind of blind us to maybe some of the flaws or some of the warning signs, like you're talking about in this in this flag. And I love that because I think that's a fantastic <laughs> um, anagram, not anagram. That's not acronym um, for this. And it's how do we get people to tell us? Or how do we pay attention to what they are telling us um, so that we don't end up hooked up to somebody who isn't
1: going to treat us well? Well, I think you brought up a couple of great points, and the first one is you really do have to pay attention, and you know that's part of the problem, because sometimes it's only in retrospect that we're able to see all of the red flags that we Mm -hmm. should have paid attention to. We should have been hearing alarm bells, and we heard the pleasant tinkling of wind chimes, if that. Mm -hmm. So there's also a, a safety in numbers. It is a great idea. Like you gave the example of you've got to talk to – they've got to know your friends. You've got to know them. There, there's really this um, – I, I call it a wide-angle lens. You have to know more about the person you're dating, and they have to know your friends as well. So there is a network of people that can vet. Now, why do I say this? A lot of the cases I've worked on and a lot of the cases that I've studied have involved exactly what you've mentioned, where there are friends, neighbors, parents, cousins, people that were involved in the lives of a couple that noticed things that the the partners in love did not Those Mm -hmm. discussions should always take place before marriage. There is just too much to infatuation to overlook. And that is very, very important because infatuation and love are very, very different, as everybody listening knows. Everybody knows that. Well, if we know that then, why is it that sometimes we don't take the time to discuss and to decipher the red flags and the rogue traits? Now, what's a rogue trait? This means... You may be head over heels for someone, you always talk on Friday nights, and all of a sudden there's a Friday night, let's say you always have a date on Friday nights, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. there's a Friday night where the partner's unavailable. Now obviously that in and of itself shouldn't end a relationship, but wouldn't you want to know why? Or maybe there is a time block during the day that's off limits to you asking about. Or a time that the the, the person is unavailable by phone and off the radar. At, wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to know the answer? I have seen so many people say, oh, well, I don't want to... why wanna... you're
0: never allowed at their house. They never invite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: right. I have about? a... Um, I have an example in my book I call The Arm Charmer, and this is the – and I don't want to pick on the guys, so let, let's just make this an individual. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. But this is somebody that only wants to be seen with somebody else in public. There's no talking. There's mm-hmm. no coffee dates. There's no walks on the beach. It is maybe high-end events, philanthropic events, see and be seen, trendy hot spot restaurants, but there's no, There's no depth that's flash over substance. That is one uh-huh. of the red flags. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, you don't want somebody that's only interested in the physical and not interested in going to the library or to a museum. In other words, a date always has to be at somebody's house. So those right. are obviously the, the bookends. But the closer you get to one of those bookends, the more grounds you have to question whether or not this is a healthy relationship. And you you can't answer that, or if the friends that know the other person are asking the really tough questions that, for example, Leslie, you're asking in this program, Mm -hmm. it's time to reevaluate whether or not this is a relationship that's actually going to be long term. And if it's not, or if you're saying, oh, I'm just having fun, that could be a very well a waste of your time.
0: Well, and and by the way, if
1: that's all you're interested in, that's fine.
0: You know, if I'm only interested in a good time, that's okay, but be upfront about it. This is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking today with Dr. Wendy Patrick, a career attorney and also an author, and we're talking about infidelity and how you can protect your relationship from that. And if, you know, this is a concern that a lot of people have, and I'm going to tell you that there are things that you can do to make sure that infidelity is not happening in your relationship. And if you would like to know more, I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a call and take advantage of your free, no obligation, create your happily ever after transformational session. You can reach me at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationcoachingnc.com, that's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching, N is in Nancy, C is in Charlie.com, or you can reach me at area code nine one nine nine two four zero four six three. Again, that's area code nine one nine nine two four zero four six three. Now I want to get back to this conversation about how you can know if the person you're dating or wanting to marry is going to remain faithful to you. And uh, Wendy, you were talking about um, the idea, you know, that there are some factors about gender and personality that might influence it. And I, I do know that back in the day when, you know, women basically stayed at home most of the time and raised families, they weren't necessarily the ones who were um, engaging in affairs, but now that's changed quite a bit. And so I don't know. I don't know if it's, exactly 50 50 but there's definitely more women stepping outside of their relationships these days so i'm not sure how gender plays into this but also are there personality characteristics we've talked about the bad boy we've talked about some of these other things but but are there other things that that would make a difference
1: oh absolutely you know um, there have been studies that have found gender differences and they really have to do with perceptions of benefits and costs and who is going to have the worst cost is it going to be the man is it going to be the woman it is true also Leslie that some of that plays into stereotype you're absolutely right about that we still have not overcome the stigma of there's a difference in the way somebody views a man who cheats versus a woman who cheats that's still true Mm Let me give you another um, couple of uh, examples here that are very, very telling. Uh, I'll call this one faith, family, and fun, the, the, the perfect trifecta. Faith, that is an enormous deterrent to infidelity. There are many people, and I understand that it doesn't prevent it in all circumstances, right. uh, but there yeah. are many people that are very, their Christian faith is very important to them, and they are very careful on the front end to make sure that they enter into a relationship that is a good fit for them, that is healthy, they're ready and they have absolutely no intention of cheating. Family is the second one. And there are such dire consequences to cheating when you have a family. I mean, it is to think through the consequences on the front end is one of the motivating factors that many couples cite as to one of the reasons they decided not to cheat or they would never de- or they would never think about cheating. Um, oftentimes, mm-hmm. the ones that are, are very transparent are ones that state they've been tempted and have thought this through and thought there is just no way. there is It's absolutely not worth it. I wouldn't care if I got away with it and nobody knew. That would be more faith-based. But if it's something that they worry about the family divorce is devastating to everybody it is. and even if it's infidelity that doesn't lead to divorce that's devastating and the fun i mean the fun the the couple has with each other to genuinely enjoy someone's company, in fact, one of the other articles I wrote has to do with the benefits of marrying somebody who you are very good friends with. There is oh, yeah. just no substitute for marrying somebody that you get along with really well and enjoy a respectful friendship. So faith, family, and fun, those are three ingredients of a really strong relationship. Notice that infatuation and physical attractiveness is not among those qualities. Um, Sometimes spouses that end up really falling head over heels for each other is not so much how the other person looks, but how the other person makes them feel. If you've ever been out with someone that makes you feel like you are loved and respected and attractive and intelligent and all of the things that we want to feel about ourselves. Now, I'm not saying manipulators can't play the same game, but they can't sustain it. It's not sustainable over time, which is why we have to, again, look at the the long range planning, how well and how transparent and authentic is somebody over time at really having these, these qualities. So there are just so many ways in which you can get to know somebody well enough. Now, I am certainly not saying there's a magic formula that's going to work in every case. Uh, If if there were such a thing, I mean, I would write a book and be a a billionaire off the copies I would sell, but there certainly are more things and more factors that we could be considering on the front end that we just aren't because as soon as we start getting that feeling, and your listeners all know what feeling I'm talking about. Sometimes we allow ourselves to trade in our reading glasses for rose-colored glasses.
0: Well, and you know, and and one of the things that I've discovered, and you know, people, and I don't know how you feel about Dr. Phil, love him or hate him, but I always, you know, loved him talking about. Um, you know, people who have affairs and they basically say, Oh, well, it just happened. And he's going, Yeah, don't you just hate it? You're walking down the street minding your own business and suddenly you're in bed with somebody who's not your spouse. It's so, like, things like this don't just happen.
1: They don't. And,
0: you know, and, and I like the concept about, you know, people, and I know that people, most people, not everybody, um, on their wedding days are not intending to cheat. Um, but, but somehow it happens and it's not always, um, you know, we were talking, I was talking about the beginning about, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. Well, that's not necessarily true. There are reasons why cheating can happen. And, but one of the things that you were talking about, and I love it is, and I've, and I've heard this from other guests, is that being friends with somebody really matters. And because you've got more in common than just the physical attraction. And a lot of times physical attraction can grow, like you said, because of how we are together, of how this person makes me feel. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, that people lose sometimes is, you know, it's really easy in this 24-7 connected Facebook Instagram. Oh, you know, what about this person from my past, and all these other things that can can throw ourselves, you know, off track. And it it really is about the intention. It's really about if I'm being open and honest with my partner, um, and not hiding things from them, then the chance of infidelity goes way down. I would think. Um, in fact, I that's let me rephrase that. I know it will go way down because it. Cause it
1: Right. And, you know, a you, couple of things you said, uh, attention proves intention. That's the, whole, that's the whole point of the focus aspect of, of the FLAG acronym. Think about it. Think about the last time, and uh, if any of your listeners are single or are dating somebody that or can remember the first couple of dates with their spouse, think about the way you behave when you are very authentically, genuinely interested in your dinner partner, in your coffee Mm -hmm. date. You don't have your iPhone out on the photo between the two of you. You are making eye contact. You are listening. You're leaning forward. Everything about the way in which you interact with your partner signals, I am interested in you. And it is unmistakable because we can read each other like books if we're paying attention, particularly in the anticipation stage of a budding romance. So mm-hmm. the fact that the, I go back to my body brain or the ballgame analogy, there is no way you're, unless you are dating an absolute diehard fan you would be out with somebody that would be more interested in the ball game and the TV set behind you than you if this was a real, authentic relationship. Now, I know some people might be listening saying, wait a minute, you don't understand how how into my (laughs) sports team I am. So that's why I always want to say there will always be an exception to that rule. But sustainable over time, that's really the test. Will it stand the test of time? And you just can't fake that level of interest. Attention signals intention. Somebody with the intention to be faithful is going to give you the type of attention that signals a healthy relationship and an authentic, genuine respect and interest in you, not in your body, not not well, hopefully in your brain. And you, know, you right. also have to be physically attracted to the other person in some sense, but it's going to be more of an attraction to getting to know you as a person. You just can't fake that over time, eventually, it's going to crumble. So that's one of the other reasons I would say it's a good thing, like you did with your husband, that you date long enough to be able to say, you know, patterns make the person.
0: Right, and you know, and that is one of the things that, and also finding out about somebody's dating history, um, you know, because that can reveal yes. a lot about. Yes, it can. And and one of the things that you know is important and I think it goes to what you were talking about in the beginning about the maturity is does somebody you know does somebody know about themselves can they talk about you know past relationships what worked what didn't work what part they played in thing you know in things not working it's you know it, it's a self awareness that I think is critically important because that kind of goes into that that concept of maturity, security, and stability. Do I know who I am and can I, you know, therefore if if there's something that had happened in my past that maybe I'm not particularly proud of, I can say this is what I learned from it and this is why it's not going to happen again. Um, you know, I think, I think there's a, a key component to that as well and not just putting on this wishful, oh, you know, we love each other, so we're never going to have any any challenges or any difficulties.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that one of the things that along those lines is a huge red flag is somebody that uh, blames all of their failed relationships on the other party. In other uh-huh. words, they take absolutely no responsibility for a relationship not working out. There are, there's a lot to be said for someone that is mature enough, even if they're admitting that they were unfaithful in the past. There is uh-huh. nothing that says that somebody cannot be faithful in the future just because they made a mistake in the, fa- in the past. On the other hand, somebody that has a, a, an experience, Use or a grudge that they're holding as to why each and every one of their past relationships broke up has got an issue. Um, once, twice, maybe, but twenty. That's right. It, it, <laughs> it is. It is uh, like you just said. It is a total lack of self-awareness and appreciation. That just as it takes two to tango, it also takes two to tangle in terms of arguments and disagreements and not being able to to appreciate the extent to which each party might be responsible for, for the demise of a relationship. And if you are self-aware, then you can recognize bad behavior or poor choices or lack of judgment. And guess what? You can mm-hmm. get the relationship back on track.
0: Well, and that's absolutely true. So this has been an absolutely
1: fascinating conversation. And we could keep
0: talking about this for for. Like you said, well, and we will probably come back, you know, every five years and revisit this, which is a horrible thing. I would really like that. We're probably be saying not the same I thing. To you, <laughs> yeah. um, so, can you tell people where they can learn more about you, get your book, whatever, whatever you'd like them to know?
1: Sure, my book's available um, online on Amazon. Uh, my website is wendypatrickphd.com. Uh, and um, on Twitter, I'm at at WendyPatrickPhD. It's been a pleasure to be on your show, Leslie. Well, thank you, and I want people
0: to know that the commonly accepted view of once a cheater, always a cheater, as we were just talking about, is not true, but the pain of infidelity is devastating, and recovery and reconciliation is not for everyone, so the best choice, as we've been talking about today, is to do all you can to keep it from happening in the first place. And one way is to make sure you're paying attention to the signs that suggest your partner is committed to remaining faithful to you and your relationship. So hopefully you'll keep listening to this show to keep learning more about how to have a fantastic relationship. And until next week, stay loving.